You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another special life class on a Wednesday evening. We're so happy to have all of you on here tonight it's an interactive life class here tonight we're going to be i'm receiving your questions and answering your questions we had our first um, interactive q a on our topic help my relationships last week wednesday so this is the second installment in that series if anybody's been blessed on whatever platform you are right now go ahead and just um send some some hearts, send some loves, type something in the chat column. Let's know that this is blessing you. This is resonating with you. You're getting something out of this. It's 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 blessing you. Come on, come on. We're looking forward to those hearts. We're looking forward to those comments. Hallelujah. Happy Valentine. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. My, my wife is laughing. Why are you laughing? Good evening, everyone. Um, we don't really celebrate Valentine, but happy Valentine's to everyone who celebrates Valentine. Yeah. Now, yeah, she's 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 very very accurate about that. Um, I always have a story to tell about that. When in when in university, I actually did some research on Valentine and came to certain conclusions. Wrote articles that I sent everywhere about Valentine's. Even got featured in the dailies. On, on Valentine. So I'm kind of anti-Valentine. Oh, geez. No, <laughs> anti-Valentine, but a, a God's lover. So yes. I'm celebrating pro, love. I'm pro-love. Pro-love. I'm yeah. pro-love. Yeah. Anti-Valentine, as the world would describe. Yeah. And um, valen- um, Valentine, yeah. Um, so I told my wife while we were courting, I said that I um, I don't celebrate Valentine. Um, but she said she she wasn't bothered. She wasn't phased at all. <laughs> so despite the fact that I told her that I don't do Valentine, she was ready to do me, as and well I was as ready to me every day. That's to fine. Her also. Celebrate me every day. That's fine. I don't need a day special. A special day. Every day is special for me. So yeah, yeah. Um, I believe Valentine. If if it, it should be every day. Yeah. And one day is not enough for me to express my love for this it's not enough for me lady you know (laughs) (laughs) Woo! last week sunday we concluded (laughs) did we conclude well we completed the series on help i'm married so i tried to bring out eight principles out of genesis chapter two um for how to make your marriage work god's way the biblical way yeah. And it was loaded. It was a great blessing. Maybe there'll be some questions that are coming out of that teaching. And we're open. Well, we have some questions that were submitted on the link. Um, so we'll, so we'll, start we'll start with those. Yeah. Um, but we're open to live questions coming from any of the platforms as we roll. Okay. So um, keep the questions coming. I've spoken enough. And it's time to start getting into the question and answer. So let's interact. Post your comments and questions for us here in the chat windows. Alrighty, so let's see. What's the first question that we are going to deal with tonight? Let's see it on the screen. We actually don't know what questions are coming, so pray for us. 
Okay, there's one here. It says, for the longest time, women have been made to feel like they are not worthy of love and marriage if they are not to the letter, a Proverbs 31 woman. Can you please relieve us of some of this pressure, please? <laughs> All right. Um, who who put the pressure on you? My goodness, I think something is very wrong with this uh, impression. I guess some people really do put that kind of pressure on people, that you just have to be 30, Proverbs 31 before you can be married. No, no, no. Um, we are all work in progress, if you like. Um, yeah, but Pastor Abby, what do you think? Um, whoever wrote this, if you want to have a candid um, counsel from me, free yourself. Free yourself from all shackles. Jesus came to set us free. Therefore, we are not, we are no longer under any bondage. There is no verse in the scripture that says, oh, you must be Proverbs 31 um, woman to be worthy of love and marriage. So free yourself. Um, whatever they're trying to put on you, free yourself. Um, Proverbs 31 woman is good, but it is not um, a, prerequisite. a prerequisite for love and marriage. And if you look through the scriptures, that's not what God said. It, Jesus did not say, be um, men, husband, love your wife, if, if she's she is a Proverbs, a Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> that's not what the scripture says. Jesus loved an imperfect church. Whew. And he died for that imperfect church. So when you say I do, you will love me with my imperfections. It doesn't mean that I am not, Jesus is washing me with the, with the word so that I become a, blem, a, a, a bride without blemish. So I'm getting better. However, it is not a prerequisite for you to be worthy of love and enjoy your marriage. Free yourself, sister. Free yourself. Don't let anyone put shackles on you. There is no shackles on you. Enjoy the freedom that Christ has already given you. Free yourself of all um, customary um, societal pr pressure. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I'm not saying don't aspire to be the Proverbs 31 woman. Um, and then what about the men? They too should aspire to be like Christ, right? Yeah. So those are aspirations that we continue to pursue and strive towards, but they are not prerequisite. They are not conditions. They are not, oh, if you don't do this, you won't get that. Okay. That's not what it is. And then when we even read um, Ephesians chapter six, it's quite clear that there wasn't an expectation of perfection before marriage, marriage. because it talks about um, washing his bride with the water of the word that she might be without blemish, spot, or wrinkle. So that means at the beginning, she wasn't perfect. Yeah. And then it's through the process of working together, iron sharpening iron, that we get better and better and better. I hope that's helpful. I hope that answers that question. We're really excited to receive more questions. So keep the questions coming, not just the pre-submitted um, questions, which is, this is one of such. Um, we also want live questions coming from the floor on any of the platforms. Uh, and just the final word on this, um, you are worthy of love. Um, you, are, you are worthy of a good marriage and a godly marriage. So don't let the enemy lie to you. Um, it has nothing to do with you. As long as you decide to do marriage God's way, you would enjoy your marriage. 
Amen. Amen. Come on, invite others to join us. Invite others to join us. Invite others to join us. It's going to get better and better. Okay, another question. Many men neglect their role as husband man, the groomer of their wives, washing them with the water of the word and prayer, paraphrasing. Is it then, it is then that the Proverbs 31 woman is born. Is it not? Interesting. <laughs> I'm not sure that I would agree that that's how Proverbs 31 woman is born. I think Proverbs 31 woman is, 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 um, is a picture that's painted to us about a woman in, in the scripture. And we have different women and we have stories of different women in the scriptures that we can learn from. Um, however, it, is, it doesn't mean that the man should neglect his role. Every, the woman has a role, the man has a role. Um, the marriage union can only be perfect when the two of us fulfill our God-ordained role and responsibility. So I don't think that um, one person neglecting their role would give the other person a superpower. Mm, you know, mm. he doesn't make you a superwoman. He just make you a stressed woman in marriage, a frustrated person. Whether it is the woman or the or the man that is not fulfilling his, his role or carrying his weight, it just makes you a frustrated person in marriage. So I don't think that um, Proverbs that one woman is born because some men are neglecting their roles. I think that men should be challenged to stand up and fulfill their role. Um, both um, as us mothers or parents having children, um, making sure that our children understand what it means, your son understand what it means to date a woman or to be responsible in marriage, making sure your daughters understand that um, this is your role, this is how much you could take, this is what you are meant to do when you are in a healthy relationship and not give room for um continuation of dysfunctional homes <laughs> i agree with a lot of the points that um, you are making particularly that distinction that you made right there that mm -hmm. the proverbs being the proverbs 31 woman mm -hmm. is not totally contingent or or dependent on the man being the wonderful husband man and groomer so we're not putting the responsibility of you becoming a proverbs 31 woman upon what the man does or does not do your commitment to become a proverbs 31 woman to strive towards that kind of standard is a personal conviction a personal commitment that it is only god through christ and the with the work of the holy spirit that can mold you to become like that yeah having said that mm -hmm. This what this question is actually loaded with revelation, and I, I can see this person's revelation. I can understand where this person is coming from. Mm -hmm. That the the man is supposed to be gro the groomer. Mm -hmm. In fact, when we say husband man, the husband man is actually an agricultural term for a gardener, and this takes us back again to Genesis chapter two, where God put Adam in the garden and He told him to tend and to keep it. It was the assignment of a gardener. So God is saying that mailman, it is primarily your responsibility to take care of her, to tend to her, and to keep her. That's your responsibility. And you make sure you do it good. And of course, if you are doing it good, it will bring out the Proverbs 31 woman that's on the inside of her. But this, the responsibility of that um, um, Proverbs 31 woman 
coming out of her is not solely or oh, contingent or dependent on uh, he did his role. That is her commitment, working with the Holy Spirit, um, enhancing, making it easier by also fulfilling the assignment that God gave me, which is to tend and to keep her, to wash her with the water of the word and prayer. So that's the balance of that question, yeah? And for all my sisters out there, not every woman will be Proverbs 31 woman, yeah? Um, and we have to come to terms with that. Um, when, when, when we read the scriptures and the story of the talent, some were given one talent, some one man was given five, the other was given to, um, 10, right? Um, no, one to five. One to five, yeah. One to five. So as long as you are using the, your talents that you are given and your capacity to the fullest, you are living the life that God has preordained for you. That's all that matters, really. Um, I love to make money. I love to, if I see a field and I have the money, I'll buy. I love to make food, but I don't have to be the one making the food all the time. I can actually get a cook to make the food. <laughs> I can get a caterer to do it. I love looking after my family. Yes, I desire all those things, but I don't have to do it all the time. Um, so don't let anyone put pressure on you. Um, and it's so interesting to me the way that we pick and choose verses. You yeah. Know, we just pick one and we turn it into a whole doctrine and this must have, be how everybody is. When what we should extract are the principles. Yeah. And then say, okay, how does the, the principles apply to here and now? So I love the balance that you are bringing. Some yeah. people are going to fight you over that. Well. Because they've believed forever <laughs> that everybody has to be exactly everything no. that is listed no. in the Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. She must be a businesswoman, no. a homekeeper, um, a career, a career a person. person. She's just going to be everything, everything no. you know. Not necessarily so. Not necessarily wonderful so. aspirations, wonderful principles loaded in there, but find out what God has called you, called to, you be to be and be what God has called you to be. All right? You Brilliant. don't win the crown of glory by running another man's race. Run your race. <laughs> if God has called you to raise your children, stay at home and raise those children because he's not going to ask you about how many money that you brought in from your climbing the, the, the career ladder. He's going to ask you about those children because that's your assignment. So find your primary assignment, stick by it. As long as when you get in front of your father, he's happy with you, that's all that matters. Yeah, brilliant. I really hope this is helping somebody. If it's helping somebody, please express it with hearts, with thumbs up, depending on the platform that you are. Make comments, um, not just your questions. Make comments also, and let's, let's get things rolling, all right? Okay, next question. These are pre-submitted questions. We're still waiting for the live questions. Um, uh, uh, Pastor Abi, do you want to read this next one? Um, the question says, when would you say enough is enough to end a marriage? Are there any red lines when crossed by a spouse? Warranting, Warranting um, separation. Could this be ex excessive abuse, e.g. physical, verbal, emotional, neglects, etc.? Okay. This is a good question. Um, the question really is, when is enough enough? Is enough when is enough enough in a marriage? Mm -hmm. When is it time to call quits on the marriage? This must be something that is never entered too lightly or done uh, 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 flippantly. There must be due consideration of how that, okay, this marriage, it's time to start to wind it up. 
Now, typically, as a counselor, we would say that there's a process to this, that first of all, it starts with separation, and then, um, then we move it on to, uh, to it could end to divorce, in divorce or end in a reconciliation, okay? Um, so this is this is important for us to understand. Now, some of the red lines, the, the, the Bible says that uh, God gives us the window for divorce in the in a case of infidelity. That's the that's the law. The, that's that's the law. Moses' law. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Jesus said that he, he gave you this concession because of the hardness of, of your, your heart. heart. So the truth be told, infidelity legally can be a premise for divorce. But that's legally. By the grace of God, by the love of God, by the enablement of the Holy Spirit, with the right processes and counseling and guidance, infidelity does not need to necessarily mean the end of the the relationship or the marriage. We have seen many marriages that have gone through infidelity and still been able to survive. It might, it's a red flag, definitely a red flag, but it's not, oh, if if somebody has cheated, that's it, the marriage is over. No, it can still be restored if both parties, particularly the culprit, is willing to do what it takes to get it back on the track, okay? But looking at the question, one of the red lines that this person is obviously alluding to is the red line of abuse. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely abuse is one of the huge red flags and huge red lines. But I'm going to underscore once again, there are marriages that have had abuse and yet they have become restored and now are wonderful and exemplary. So again, even abuse in itself is not automatic. It's over. We're divorced, you know. Um, So, but it is a red flag and it could be the first clear indication that this marriage is is it's it's on the is on the rocks <laughs> it's at huge risk physical abuse is huge for us in this day and age and even for us as counselors once there is physical abuse the, the recommendation is separation yeah and then serious investigation as to the roots of the physical abuse yeah, because it, sometimes it has nothing to do with the relationship. It's more deep-seated than that. It, it is, it's traceable to something else. Mm-hmm. And so we will wait to see the fruit of true repentance, which is more than I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, we see actions that show that the person is, has truly turned around and been able to deal with whatever the issues um, were. And then we can say, okay, from the, after the separation, we can come back together. Um yeah, where, where would you say enough is enough to end a marriage? Um, enough will be enough when the when either of the parties' life is at risk. Um, we will not put you in any situation where your life is at risk, you know, um, because you, you need to be well to even be in a marriage or to be in a relationship, and you need to be alive to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So once you start crossing that line or there's excessive abuse, we would counsel a separation. And the separation does not mean the end of the marriage. It's a a time of restoration. So a restorative plan must be put in place during that time of separation to um, help that marriage and to help both parties to heal. 
Um, so um, that's what we would do. But at the end of the restorative process, if both parties or one of the parties are just not compliant and you haven't seen that there's a change or there's fruit of repentance, we won't put that person back at risk. Then it, we would not help you to dissolve your marriage, but we, you would then have to make a choice at that point, whether you still want to stay in that marriage or not. But our counsel will be clear, you cannot stay in an abusive marriage. You cannot stay in an abusive relationship. If you are in an abusive relationship right now, if there's anybody you know, really, really abusing you, I think you should seek for help. Don't, don't stay there in silence because it, it can be fatal. You just go to heaven too early. Yeah. And God didn't send you there. No, <laughs> and, a, you, and it's not yet your time. <laughs> <laughs> There's a follow-up on the question where somebody says, what advice would you give, especially the younger generation, when it comes to abuse? As some of us have seen our parents go through it and have just been told to stick it out and stay together for the sake of the kids and the families. Now, there, there, is, there is some value to be gained from our parents um, and, and uh, the older generation's example, and the value to be gained or the virtue that you can gain from them is the virtue of, of, of perseverance, of endurance, of long suffering, and of patience, okay? We should draw those kind of values from them. Which However- also love of, um, um, fruit of the spirit. Yes, which are also fruit of the spirit. However, this is not to say that you stay in abuse perpetually forever oh, because I'm be, I'm just going to stick it out no 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 and you don't stay in marriage because of your kids or no. family or because of shame you know the wrong reasons there are wrong reasons for for marriage and somebody wrote here in the comment and I'll read it out to start with if it is not a real marriage it is not a real marriage when abuse excessive abuse is involved many of the so-called marriages um, it may be helpful for you to tell us when we can say marriage is a marriage. Um, there are definitions of marriage. There are parameters of marriage. If if it doesn't look like what Christ has described and you have, your life is at risk, please don't stay there because of your children. Your children will be fine. And your family will get over the shame. They would be okay. If you, if you stay there and lose your life, they will be okay as well. So please don't risk your life. Um, just no, no, make sure that you, you, you can you can hear what Pasabi is saying there. This is when there is there's clear risk to your risk to your, to, to to your, your life. life. The physical abuse is involved, all of those things. We will counsel strongly that at that point in time, it's time for separation. It's time for separation. Remember, separation, separation is different is from divorce. divorce. Separation is now we are apart, which is supposed to give room for for restoration for um uh, um bearing the fruit of repentance yeah. which will become visible to everyone particularly the third party council that's involved then we can now walk and bring you back together if there is no fruit of repentance at some point in time you won't put you, you, won't put you back into that relationship yeah. Yeah. you will now have to make a decision as to whether you're going to move on or you're not going to move on and remember it takes two to build it only yeah. takes one to pull down yeah did you get that? Mm -hmm. It takes two to build. It only takes one to build up. Um, so for us to build, we have to, both of us have to be commit, committed. Mm -hmm. Two must work together. We can't work together unless we be agreed. I hope this is um, really helpful 
to somebody, okay? And you know, sometimes people say that they are staying in the marriage because of the children. I will be honest with you, you are not doing those children any good because you are telling them that it's okay to be in an abusive relationship. And what they would grow up to be is that they will be attracted to people abusing them because Ooh. they will replicate what they have seen. Even when they hate it, in their subconscious, they will just be drawn to it. So if you are talking about your children, I will say you leave an excessive abusive relationship because of your children, mm. for the sake of your children, for you to preserve their destiny, you mm. will leave. And your family will be okay. They would be ashamed. They might not talk to you for a while, but if they truly love you, they would be okay. Again, we underscore, make sure, it's not a light decision it to make. It's not a light decision so to make. So make sure that the decision is made with counsel, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety, and you've, you've weighed these things very, very well. Whatever way you take, you are the one that's going to bear the consequences at the end of the day, yeah? Um, so this is very important. And this is why it's important for singles, particularly that are not yet married, to do their due diligence yeah. before marriage. Don't let your, your, your desire to be married make you ignore red flags. He's already pushing you. He's already, he already he's, slapping he's you. already slapping you. And you're saying, no, he's very sorry. He's, he's already telling you what he's what going to he's do because be. marriage is an, an amplifier. Whatever you bring to it, marriage amplifies it. Yeah. yeah. It makes it bigger. It makes it bigger. It makes it bigger. All right. And somebody else said that all uh, the kids will become Abusing. abusers. That's true. The kids too can be, become abusers. So, it's interesting. In, in all of our counseling and also statistics bear true that a lot of people that are in abusive relationships grew up in abusive homes. Yeah. And you would have thought that the person that grew up in an abusive home would make sure that I'm not going to allow this kind of abuse happen when I get married. I hate what daddy did to my mother. I hate what mother did to, to, to daddy. But the truth be told, if there is not proper counseling, renewal of mind, reprogramming with the process for handling um, crisis in marriage, those very children will find out that their default way of handling disagreement is abuse because that's what they saw. That's what they were trained in. You've got to break the pattern. You've got to make sure that you're not raising another generation that's going to do worse than you have experienced. All right, let's move forward from here. Is there any other questions coming here? We're getting some very great comments coming from, from the ground here. Some people are really getting blessed. I'm happy. Please encourage us with those um, statements, those um, hearts, those thumbs up. Now, here's a question. Um, should your spouse leave the relationship because your family interfered in your relationship, not in a negative way or a positive way, just because your family interfered in a relationship? Um, I don't think that it's that's enough a reason for a spouse to leave a relationship. I'm sure that there are deeper issues, um, and um, I'm not sure that we have the background of everything that happened um it's good to find out that the what exactly happened or what is this what is what are his thoughts um you might depending on who is writing this the person might think oh 
my family is just interfering. Um, they're doing us good. But your spouse might see it as your family being controlling and not having the freedom to, to, to actually build your own units um, or interfering in your, in your becoming one. So I think there, would, there needs to be a more um, interrogation um, of why the person will leave. I don't think that it is, it is only dependent on just um, interference. Yeah, people, people would tend to surmise their questions and there can be a whole lot behind yeah. the question that they are um, putting out there. But that your family is getting, that somebody's family is getting involved is not simply that's enough. I'm, 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 I'm leaving this relationship, especially the way the question was was qualified is where the interference interference might not be negative or no, positive. positive. Now, mm -hmm. one of the things that I did say on Sunday also, which was for marriages, but it's also very informative for people that are in a courtship are getting about to get married. You should have conversation. On, on to what degree uh, is your family going to be in this relationship? We've got to agree on that. And the scriptural standard, according to Genesis chapter 2, was that for this cause shall a man and a woman, shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. So th there has to be a leaving for there to be a cleaving. That means that there will be boundaries. There will be some redefinition of relationship uh, with the with even your parents when you enter marriage. And you've got to be happy and proud to be able to say, hey, um, my, my, uh, my wife now, my spouse is the, is the important other. And our agreed opinion is higher than any other opinion coming even from our parents. I think a problem that happens in a lot of relationships is when one of the spouses feel that their spouse is constantly teleguided and controlled by the other family. It's a controlling thing. It's a controlling thing. Yeah. It's a control thing. Yeah. Um, there's a question on Instagram and people on Facebook and YouTube will not be able to see it, so we'll read it to you. It says, if one is an unbeliever and does not want to separation, separation, does not want separation, should we encourage separation even when staying may lead to salvation? I think the question has the answer already loaded inside it because the scripture says clearly and Paul was writing in the book of first Corinthians chapter 7 that if the unbeliever does not want to leave um, the relationship the believer it behoves the believer to stay in the relationship and let the good conduct of that believer um, be the witness that will potentially turn around the the spouse that is an unbeliever and the the believing spouse's presence in that marriage will also be a covering for the children that's just simply scripture and we don't we don't argue with that so um if the if the spouse does not want to leave um even though he's an unbeliever it was already a mistake being unequally yoked in the first place but now that you're in it you gotta stay yeah Unless there are other reasons, abuse, yeah. like we've said, yeah. and, and, and the rest, yeah? There's another question on Instagram. It says, if a partner develops a psychological illness, can we encourage separation or how does the, how does the abused handle, handle it? Um, we will say for psychological illness, there are um, set pathways for that to be handled. Um, there are clinical ways to, to handle that, and we will counsel you to follow the clinical way. 
Um, if the person is ill to the point that is putting your life at risk, you would be uh, um, advised by the medical practitioners on how to handle it. Um, but if the person is ill, but is not um, a threat to your life, and it's something that can be managed. Maybe, maybe they have one outburst or or two sometimes when they are ill. Then the medical practitioners are there to support you. We would ask you to go for um, support um, training where you will learn how to handle those kind of situations. That is not a situation for you to say, "Oh, I want to separate or or divorce the person because the person." Um, is psychologically ill or has emotional illness, um, whether it's physical illness or emotional illness. Um, when you say I do, you would you would do. It depends on what you can handle, really. Um, so we won't cancel or leave um, because the person is ill. You know, you know the traditional vows in marriage is in sickness or in health, till death do us part, right? I know that a lot of the modern people have rejigged their, their, they removed their they've removed all those house. kind of things because <laughs> of our word of faith belief that none of the negatives for us. But the reality of life is that sometimes negatives happen. And but our faith is that God is able to turn the negatives even around yeah. to positive for us. Now, of course, if there's a mental illness before marriage, you should know about that before yeah. marriage. You should investigate and find out that you should be able to have an open conversation so that you're already able to make up your mind prayerfully uh, with the conviction of the spirit, whether you, are, you have the capacity to go ahead and handle a spouse that has a, a, a mental illness, a psychological challenge, yeah? Um, but if it is something that now gets developed in, in marriage, marriage just like Pastor Abia said, you've got to seek support. You've got to seek counsel from professionals who yeah. will now be able to tell you, okay, this is what's wrong with your spouse, and this is the way you can manage it or you can handle it. Um, and then, of course, there's also spiritual support where we believe God for a supernatural intervention that will heal that. So, um, But you can always seek more counsel to, to know what to do in such scenarios. There's another question on YouTube that has come here. It says, a friend of mine is in a relationship, but he has a temper issue. At one time, he's fine, and the next moment, his temper is so high. It puts the woman, the lady off, but she loves him dearly. Any solutions? This is very close to what we've been talking about. I mean, swinging. If I, on Sunday, I talked about this. I talked about emotional maturity. Emotional maturity is the ability to keep your emotions under check, regardless of however, however you are feeling. You don't allow your emotions to the driving seat of your life. You keep them as passengers who obey your instructions. That's what you do with your emotions. Now, for somebody that is swinging like this, don't have emotional maturity, there might be more, there might be deeper issues. Get help. Get help. You don't don't, don't <laughs> even think that it's normal. It is not normal. Get help. And there are help out there. And maybe sometimes in the Christian community, we don't seek help, but there are, there are help out there. There are anger management classes. If you submit yourself to it and combine it with the scripture, go and look for scriptures that talks about anger. Go and dip yourself in the word of God. Let the word of God wash you. Let the word of God renew your mind. You would be able to put that emotion under. So what I would say is get help. 
and let them get help before they marry. Marriage brings a lot of pressure from different angles. From your so if you don't have that stability, when the pressure comes, you would you will flip. You know, so get help now before you marry. Yeah. That's what I would say. 100% agreed. And that's where I was going ultimately. That such a person, it has to be investigated. The person needs to get help. It is not normal. It is not normal. To be okay one moment and next moment you, you, are, the, uh, you are blowing up something is seriously wrong. wrong. It might be mental health actually. And it can be just deep-seated things that has very little to do with the person that is even in a relationship. It might even be trauma. Um, it can even be trauma. trauma. So, so get, get help. help. Let it be investigated and let it be addressed. Let it be dealt, dealt with. with. All right? Yeah. Somebody put a question here on Instagram. Um, let's scroll it down just a tad. Okay. What are your thoughts on emotional teaching and um, cheating? Um, emotional cheating is a very is a subjective area when you say somebody is emotionally cheating. But again, I, we we did I did touch up on this when we were teaching on Sunday, um, and I, what I said uh, about that was f flirting. Um, is you say it's just innocent flirting? No, it's not, because it's leading somewhere. So emotional cheating might not be a, a breaking of the law. You know, I can't I can't charge you to 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 court on the fact that oh you started playing um, having some emotional connection with somebody else of a, of the um, of the opposite sex yeah but that is the gray area of no boundaries no discernment and no definition of relationship that ultimately leads to a very bad place so you've got to curb it right at the beginning if i'm starting to find that i'm getting my emotional circle from outside my relationship my marital relationship and outside my relationship with god with somebody that is not then i, I need to cut that off very quickly and i need to ask myself questions as to why i'm even being tempted to go in that direction what do you think the bible says you should feel flee from every appearance of evil the Bible did not say that you should wait for the evil. Mm -hmm. It said appearance. Mm. As in, I can cite you, I will flee. Um, when it comes to um, sexual um, temptations and all that, it is not something that you play with and say, oh, I'm just flirting, I'll be okay, I don't need it. It will definitely lead to, to physical cheating. If you find that flame enough, it will. So please, let's just flee. That is the don't 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 even try to be a strong man. Don't even try to be a strong woman. Flee and be accountable. I remember there was a day I went out and you know I was decked up and everywhere I went to, everybody was like, oh, complimenting me. And my husband did not compliment me that morning. I said, I got I pick up my phone. I said, a lot of people have been complimenting me. In fact, a married man called me in my office to say you're looking so cute today. So let me hear your voice so that I can put that in my head and explain. So I would not be, I would give myself to other men's words that can fill my heart head. So please, babe, say it, say it. I want to hear it now. <laughs> and that helped me throughout the day because of course, all of us, need, we enjoy um, the appreciation and the attention. However, if it's from a, an illegitimate source, then it, would, it can hand us into trouble. 
So I would rather say, go back to my legitimate source and get that compliment there. Say it. You, you didn't even notice me this morning. People have been saying it. The cab driver, the, the, the door man, uh, my office people, marriage man, everybody has been complimenting, saying it. I want to hear your voice because it's your voice that I want to keep in my head. So that helps. That's, that helps. Okay, now this person, the person that asked this question kind of followed it up and it leads me to another question that I want to ask now. What if your spouse does not agree that getting emotionally involved, getting um, emotional cheating, as she is describing it, it doesn't agree that's an issue. The person says, my partner does not believe in emotional cheating, but it is an issue in our relationship as it could lead to physical cheating, What, uh, which causes trust issues in the relationship. So now the issue she's having is that the spouse does not agree that emotional cheating is even a problem, you know. So how do I get the spouse to even agree that it's a problem? I think you should seek counsel and speak to someone that the person, your spouse would respect um, so that you could be able to say, this is my challenge and we'll be able to um, deal with it. The person will look at it and deal with it. Um, it's, a, it's a difference of perspective and also value. Um, he doesn't see it the way you see it, but you know that it is a danger to your relationship and you should shout it out. Don't keep quiet. Don't, don't live with it because it will not end well. So seek counsel, speak to someone he respects and someone that you both respect. You must have mentors. Um, another question, and I'm not judging you, is to dig deeper into why, what, what is he looking for? what is driving that so if he can if he can dig deep then probably there are deeper issues that he needs to deal with and it has nothing to do with you um that would help um, resolve that issue in your relationship yeah totally agreed let's try to move forward they see other questions coming and we want to try to finish at the normal 8 30 if we're going to take extra time we will not go beyond 8 um 45 yeah I hope that our answers so far have been helpful. Um, somebody puts a question here. How do you maintain communication in long-distance relationship? Does distance really matter? Yes, distance really does matter. Rule of thumb, if you are having a long-distance relationship, whatever you might have considered to be the normal duration of courtship, multiply it by two because you are not going to be able to really get to know each other properly with that distance. Now, when we now say what, what is a normal duration of courtship, well, the truth be told, that's for you to define. We have some guidance. Our guidance is things like um, you want to have at least six to nine months. And this is debatable. Counselors will have different um measures but at least six to nine months of courtship because even if somebody is pretending it can't keep a pretense up for six to nine months but over distance it's so much easier to pretend yeah so you want to you if you have distance you want to increase the length of the courtship because i want to really get to know you i'm communicating over distance now with technologies a lot easier um video calls um, and so on and so forth. Is that enough? It's still not the same as being in person. 
I would say that the problem is not the communication in long distance because technology has made all those things easier. I think the challenge is getting to know that person and having physical interaction or being in a place where you could see some things that cannot be seen on the phone. Um, if you spend... We're not saying you understand. Yeah, if you spend a day with me, maybe let's say six hours with me, it's, you would, might see something that you would not see if you just, even if you spent two hours on the phone with me. You know, you might not have seen me when I'm under pressure during the during the day or how I handle pressure. Um, and you would only really rely on what you are being told. Um, if you ask me, does distance really matter? Um, if I date someone in a, from in a long distance, and we're only able to see each other for, for a year, for a whole year, but we're only able to visit each other like four times or let's say three times, three times more in, in the whole year. And we we'll spend maybe one week of that visit. That means I've only seen that person three weeks out of the 12 months. But if I'm close to the person and we're in the same locality we will see each other more frequently we'll have many dates and i would be more exposed to what is happening in the person's life um so it's just the process of getting to know each other rather than just communication communication during courtship is 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 not is not, is not an end to it to itself is communication you are communicating to discover each other to know each other so the point is are there other ways for you that you now, would use let me to be know the, each other? Let me be the devil's advocate and tell you that some people, and I'm involved in being the devil's advocate, I'm going to knock it out of the water too, yeah. um, will argue that, oh, but I know people that um, were caught in um, over, over distance and they only visited each other once and then they got married and their marriage is, is wonderful. So, Pastor, what are you talking about? That, I, I, would I, I, that, I would say that I know people who did not see each other <laughs> and they arranged marriage for them and their marriage worked. So what are we saying? But is that what you want? It's you, you make the choice. It's your choice, really. It's not mine. Do you want to get to know someone? Do you want to get married to someone you don't know? Do you want to know the person more? Do you want to get into their life and know what is happening in their life and know how they take is your choice. For people who get married to people they don't know, they are ready to take whatever comes in the marriage. That's fine. It's, it's a choice, a personal choice. It's 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 and like it's a guide, you know, yeah. really. And I think that that type type of situation, it's like Russian roulette, yeah. or it's like the lottery. Yeah, some people so get it. Some people that don't. That means that you you are, you really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Meanwhile, the scripture is clear: count the cost. Yeah. And to count the cost, you need information, yeah. right? Um, so that somebody seems to have been able to get away with it doesn't mean that, oh, that should become the template of how everybody goes ahead, goes on with the relationship, and then finally realize that a lot of people don't tell you what's going on behind the doors, yeah. in the room with the curtains, curtains drawn. Yeah. A lot of people know how to pretend when they come out. They don't tell you what's really going on inside. So um, follow better counsel than just taking a gamble just because you are desperate to be married. And you remember what we said, communication is not, it's its a means to an end. It's a means to um, you getting to know each other. It's not just about talking. It's not just about communicating. 
you know, so if you can devise other ways of getting to... You know, we find that so funny because some people say they are communicating, they are communicating, but they are not, but they are not finding out anything, <laughs> anything about, about each other. Each other. <laughs> they are spending hours just saying, talking, I love you, I love you. Talking oh, about yes, sweet nothing, oh, but sweet not, nothing. not... No, no, no. The purpose of courtship is I really want to want get, to, to, get know to know you. you. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know why you, are, you think that way. I want to understand some of the experiences you've gone through that have yeah. molded you. The, this, way, the, way the way you, you are. are. I want to know who your friends are. I want to know where you work. I want to know your attitudes towards money. Yeah. I, I mean, I want, if, if I'm going to marry you, go yeah. put my destiny in your hands. I want to know. I want to know <laughs> how and what my the mother of my children will look like. I want to know how the father of my children will look like. You know, so how you handle issues. I want to know whether you are you you are really particularly gentle for me it's that's that's a that's a big one mm. you know mm. um so yes so it's it's actually getting to know each other not just speaking on the phone for 2 hours or yeah all right um let's have another question whether it's the pre submitted questions or whether it's any of the live questions coming on all right okay somebody says here please please can you help us educate can you help educate us more on expectations in marriage before we we dive in, we singles dive in. Because I have seen what high and unrealistic expectations have done to many marriages. Um, well, I, 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 on the first installment in Help Our Married, um, we really delved into expectations a lot. And we said that at the root of every disappointment in marriage or in any relationship, in fact, it is unfulfilled expectations. But often unfulfilled expectations are often as a result of illegitimate or unrealistic expectations. Uh, an expectation is illegitimate when it was never communicated mm -hmm. and never agreed, agreed upon. upon. An expectation is unrealistic when the person I'm expecting to do this for, for me does not have any, any of the competencies to do what I'm expecting. Mm -hmm. It's like me expecting um my wife to um be a a diver you know uh she she doesn't swim i don't swim so why would i have that it's an unrealistic expectation swim. it's not based on fact it's not based based on an assessment of, of the person's ability, ability or competencies yeah so to help you as a single person you want to have rich conversation with whoever you're interested in to to be finding out what their competencies are, what they are able to do. You want to have rich conversations to be let your expectations be premised on what has been communicated and agreed, agreed upon, upon, not what has just been assumed. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's key. So the singles season, and this Sunday is Help I'm Single. Yeah. The season, single season is information gathering season. Yeah. Is the time to gather information to to really know what you are about to step into. Yeah. You won't get to know every single thing, but it will prepare you for a whole lot. I don't know whether yeah. you have anything to add to that. I think you've dealt with it, so we can move to oh. other questions. All right, all right. Let's quickly move on to another one. Given a lot of issues we hear about marriage, can we have a few 
points of the benefits of a good marriage? I, I like this question because, uh, you know, sometimes and understandably, when we are having conversations about relationship, people are, are spotlighting all the problems or the challenges or the issues and so on and so forth. And it can start feeling so negative and people can get so scared of the whole institution of marriage. So this is a good question asking us to point, what are the benefits of having, is it even worth it, all the work to have a good marriage? What are the benefits of a good marriage? Um, I think a good marriage is heaven on earth. Come on. Where you get it right. It's, um, I don't know if there's anything that I can compare with it, to it. There's absolutely nothing compared to it. Um, if we do marry the way God wants it, um, number one, that's pleasing to our father in heaven. Um, number two, we are setting a standard um, for the world. And as much as we we hear a lot of issues about marriage, I dare say that there are some marriages that are working out there. There are people that are enjoying their marriages and not enduring each other. Um, I don't know whether I can even point out the benefits of a good marriage. Maybe Pastor will be able to do a better job at that. But I can tell you that there is nothing, there's no other place I would want to be than being in a good marriage. You have companionship, you have friendship, you have um, you have agreement in the place of prayer, you have um, you have somebody you can just say, share silly things with, you know, not everything is serious. You know, if I want to, if I'm looking for a friend that I can just be myself with and just say silly things, here it is, <laughs> is the one that I can, I mean, I can, he sees my vulnerabilities. I am not. I'm not scared to open up to him. It's just fun. It's just doing life together. It's not stressful. It's not. Um, I don't know what to say. No, yeah, I don't yeah. Know I, I mean, all all the points yes, are, are, partner, are, are well you know, are yeah. well taken. Remember that the purpose from the scripture, God's purpose for marriage, is for the amplifi amplification, the enhancement of the fulfillment of purpose. purpose yeah. So one of the benefits of a good marriage is that she gets to fulfill her purpose more effectively than ever before. Yeah. I get to fulfill my purpose more effectively than ever before. One which is a thousand, two which is 10,000. 10, All right, so that's that's one huge benefit of marriage. We, we're not, I'm not doing life alone in the context of marriage yeah. and able to do much. Are we saying that everybody must be married? No. No. Um, not everybody is called to marriage. Not everybody no, has the grace everyone. for marriage. Yeah. Does that mean that person will not reach, reach their full, 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 full potential? Of course, they can still reach their full potential. If it is not in God's design for them to be married, he's factored all of that into the equation. He yeah. knows that how to still bring out their full potential. But one of the ways that we know people are able to actualize their full potential is in the context of marriage. Um, another benefit of marriage, obviously, is the companionship somebody that gets you and that you get. It's not primary purpose, but it is definitely a, a purpose, part of it. Mm -hmm. Another key purpose of marriage and be benefit of marriage is godly Very seed, peace. raising yeah. up children that also share your faith and therefore are able to also build their own families along the same template and thereby we are expanding and extending the kingdom of God. Um, good marriage also creates a strong uh, uh, stand against the enemy. 
in this world that we live in, protecting the godly seed, but able we're able to wage even more effective spiritual warfare against all of the um, 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 plans of the enemy. I mean, we could go on and on just trying to I list like out to the read benefits. Some comments, comments from from um, some people some on Instagram. People on Instagram, the, somebody said reduces the madness in the world. <laughs> some people say, as a creative individual, marry the right person cannot um, be underestimated. Some people said, um, somebody said, having godly seed, um, gist partner. Um, <laughs> if you have a good marriage, is the best is the best um, thing in the world. Yeah, so those are some of the comments. Yeah. And they're great comments. Yeah, so I, ho I hope that helps. And I, it's it's nice to be able to talk about the positive things that 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 happen when you have a good marriage. When you build a good, build marriage, a good marriage, it doesn't just happen. It You have to build it. You have to tend and to keep it. You have to make it so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, any other question? question. We're getting close to um, 8.30. Um, what are your thoughts on soulmates? Soulmates, an interesting one. Um, you, you, there are a lot of philosophies and I, I, ideas around the whole issue of soulmate. Um, and I wish the person that asked the question can give a little bit more light on what they are thinking about soulmates. Are they saying, are they talking about soul ties? Or are they talking about soulmates? Okay. Now, if in if you are thinking about soulmates in the context of oh, you one are built built for one another, another, another one so we are soulmates, one person in this world for you. And if you don't find that person, that's it. You've missed mm -hmm. out on your soulmate. Um, you were crafted in heaven for one particular person, and that one person was crafted for you, and you are soulmates. Um, that's a very interesting concept that I do not. Um, really subscribe to because what happens to the person that marries his soulmate and then the soulmate dies and he marries somebody else does that is that is that a second soulmate or, or even the person that has that lost two people and then marries a third person so what happened are soulmates changing if it's only one person for one person you you start to see that it gets very very um um complicated um um, of, we are able to talk about the concept of a soulmate in a good marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. because in a good marriage, we are we've, we are building together. It's working. Then I say, "She's my soulmate. She gets me. He's my soulmate. He gets me." But it doesn't necessarily mean that if she had hooked up with somebody else who's also a good person and ready to work. If I had hooked up with somebody else who is also a good person, that we wouldn't have the same testimony of being soulmates. Yeah. Um, so we are able to make the judgment of soulmate that we are soulmates after we said I do and we made it work. Not, not necessarily before. I hope I'm helping, but maybe you can give more light. I think the thought about soulmate is about becoming one. That is when you, you can say someone is your soulmate. And when you are saying I do, that is the point where you are starting the journey journey of becoming. So I don't think that there is, I would not say that a, I, I subscribe to soulmates before marriage. I think that you would become soulmates as you journey along and do life together um, in that marriage. However, if we have to discuss about or one person that is made for you. I think you should share your experience 
about that lady that you wanted to uh, do. Come yeah. on, why did you have to go yeah, there? Yeah, have to go there. <laughs> I think it will help someone <laughs> that you thought and fixated upon and God told you. Mm -hmm. And that's even from a personal experience. And I think for all of us as children of God, we'll have those experiences. Over to you. So I, 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 in my journey and in my experience, there was a situation in my life where I, I found... Um, I, I, I fixated on somebody. I really liked the person and I thought that definitely I want to get into a relationship with this person and get married to this person. And so I was talking to God about it and um, God said, what do you want? And I said, God, I want this person. And God said, that's not what you want. And I said, ah, number one, I, 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 I was minding my own business. You are the one that asked me, what, what do I, I want? want? I now told you what I want and you are now telling me that's not that's what, what I what want. I want. So I was kind of getting annoyed with God. And then God said to me, no, that's not what you want. What you want are the virtues that you see in this person. Don't fixate on the person. Fixate on the virtues. To so go and write down the virtues. To so go and write down the virtues. Woo, hallelujah. And then I found somebody with all the virtues and more. <laughs> hallelujah. So a lot of the time we fixate on the package or on the container when we are supposed to fixate on the content, yeah? And then say, oh, oh Lord, what are the uncompromisable, um, undebatable, not up for, for, for question content that I've got to have in my um, soulmate? <laughs> uh -huh. And then that's what I'm looking for. And that's what I'm looking for, the confirmation for of. And once I get the confirmation of it, boom. We're, we're able to work. The, the problem with an absolute soulmate kind of mentality that there's a soulmate for me out there that's mine is that if you are not careful, you, you, you feel that, oh, I've missed my soulmate. So if, if you marry somebody now and then you're having ch challenges in that marriage, you now say, oh, it's because I didn't marry my soulmate. It's because I, I missed out on my soulmate. Yeah. And that's a problem because whatever, whoever you marry, there will still be challenges. So the fact that there are challenges does not mean that person cannot be your soulmate. It's still a day. In fact, what you should do is say, like my wife was saying before, is that once at the altar, once I say I do, you have become my soulmate. Yeah. <laughs> My only, my only option. So now we are going to walk that soul into me. We, we are going to walk that soul into me. <laughs> you know. I, I really hope this is helpful for somebody. Yeah. Um, note again that we are being, we're, we're, we're given as best a counsel as possible. Based on the information that based we Based on have. the information that you are giving us. And also based upon the word of God. The now remember, God, like yeah. I've said throughout this series, there's the ideal print and um, painted by the word of god and there's also the reality due to the choices and the decisions that people make but we want to deal with every all of that the ideal to the reality and everything in between so there are a lot of us that we've made mistakes there are some of us that have been been married before we're divorced now there are not us 
but you understand what I'm saying. There, there are a lot of us that have been through abuse. There are people that, whatever your status is, God still has a glorious plan, a glorious destiny for you. It's not too late to start learning the right things, the right lessons, and to build the right way. There is healing and there is restoration for you. And um, we're still going to get into the divorce issue somewhere down the road. Don't run away. Um, stay with us throughout this series. God God bless you. God bless you. There's one more thing I want to say. If somebody is um, in that situation, don't let the enemy um, lie to you that you've missed a soulmate. Um, I've seen situations where somebody felt that someone, a guy, a lady felt like a guy is a soulmate till the person got married to another person. She's still believing that this person is my soulmate. And I'm just like, okay, so what do you want to happen? Do you want that marriage to not work? And now you become the real soul, the soulmate? Or do you want the woman to die? And then you are free to be able to marry the person. And if you are bordering on that light, you are, you are, you are bordering on witchcraft and manipulation. Mm -hmm. And you'll be praying some prayers that are not godly. That is witchcraft. If the, no, God will not put anybody in shackles and say you must marry this person, like Pastor said, if Adam had seen Orangota and said, this is my mate, that is how it would have been. God would not come and say, no, it's not. So when you're talking about soulmates, it has to be, the two of you have to agree to be soulmates. So if the guy is not agreeing, please, please, I beg you in the name of God, don't keep believing that he's your soulmate. If he has moved on, moved on with your life, you know. Moreover, you are not God, you cannot be absolute. We see in part and we prophesy in part. Maybe you got it wrong. Maybe you didn't hear God well. Maybe you missed it somehow. You know, we should be humble enough to say, Father, I'm here. You said this. Okay, maybe I missed it. Speak to me. I'm your daughter. He will leave you alone. He would always be there to speak to you. He will always be there to comfort you as long as you are ready to listen to him. I hope this helps someone. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, we want to round up. Um, it will be nice to be able to round up before the 8.45 um, that we put it at. So I'm happy at, at what we are doing. Um, we want more people on board, more people on board. So don't miss next week, Wednesday. Next week, Wednesday is still going to be question and answer. It's still going to be um, interactive. So it would be great to have you all. And more important, can we get at least 100 people on board next week, Wednesday? Be an ambassador. Make be, sure you bring someone onto the yeah, platform. Just be, one person. That would be absolutely yeah. great. And next week, Wednesday, we'll, we'll be focusing very much on singles issues. But we'll let it flow in any direction as the your questions actually determine the direction that we go. Yeah. All right? So it would be great to have you on next week wednesday also for the q and a if you want to support us and support the ministry of house of the rock of london uh, we encourage you to give towards this ministry please choose the pathway that is most preferred by you to give towards the ministry we are good ground to sow in as you sow this seed you will also enjoy great harvest in the mighty name of Jesus. You can always visit the website and see where to give there if you want to yeah. give. God will bless every giver and yeah. every gift in the mighty, mighty name 
of Jesus. Amen. I hope tonight was a blessing to you. If it was a blessing to you, let's know. Let's know. Let's see it in the chat column. Let's see it in the hearts. Let's see it in the thumbs up. Let's see it in your responses. Did you get something out of this? Did it help you? Did it bring answers? Did it bring solutions? Would love to hear from you guys. Quickly, quickly, let's see some responses as we're bringing this to a close. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you, everyone, for coming. And um, please bring a friend next week. Um, send your questions. Um, the anonymous link to send question is live. So even after today's um, interaction, you can still send your question. You can send it any time of the week. It's, it's open. And we will try to answer as many questions as we can. Um, Brilliant. God bless you real good. We speak a word of blessing over your relationships. Whatever yes. state or level of relationship you are right now, we pray that from this point onwards, there's a positive trajectory, Amen. a positive movement Amen. in the right direction Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every crooked path will be made straight. Amen. Every rough place will be made smooth. Amen. The glory of the Lord will be unveiled in Amen. your life in terms of relationship Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. amen. And we share the grace and fellowship, grace, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you real good.